rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Yo, hi everyone. Man, time is flying. I swear to God. Doesn't it fly? I I sat down earlier to start prepping for the show and I look up, it's already six o'clock. Ready for the show. I gotta get on the air. That's why I said, oh my God. Yes, my name is Tara Devlin. We meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And then we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app and on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else you can think of. I don't know. Think of it. Send it to me if I'm not there. Where we'll try to get there. Hello, Chuck. I see Chuck is in the chat room. Other people should be arriving shortly. We have a pretty lively group that hangs out, and I'm very happy about that because the show is growing. So I can't do it alone. Thank you. Thank you guys for helping me out, helping us out. Really, I don't know. That's how I look at it. We're we're in big trouble in this country. I've known this for a long time. We've all known it. We, When we went through the Bush administration, who the hell would have imagined that the Republicans could, could, could exceed our expectations to hit the lows as far as they have, the trap doors have opened, and we're, we're now down in Dante's 15th circle of hell, and, and going lower. I don't know. I look up. I don't see a. I don't see a crack of light through the ceiling. So there's a. We got a lot of work ahead of us. And yeah, Republicans. Was I? Uh, let, well, before I get into the show, I'll just tell everybody where to find us. As you know, thank you. You guys know where to find us, but maybe somebody doesn't. And I did say that already. So iTunes, SoundCloud. You can be a patron of the show and help us grow. We can. the The goal is really to become a daily show, eventually. That's what we need. If we had billionaires like the Mercer family that funds Breitbart, and the billionaires who they can pour billions of dollars into their media apparatus, these right wing propaganda machines. That's what we're up against, and we're. This isn't propaganda. I remember my mother used to say to me, what's the difference between the the left and the right? Because you listen to the Republicans, and they say one thing, and then you listen to the Democrats, and it's the complete opposite, and they all have an agenda. Well, what is the agenda here? Okay, this is what I would say to my mother, even though my mother would, would vote Democratic. My father was another story. He, he was a harder nut to crack. But I would say, what is the agenda of the Democratic Party? What what's the agenda of of the liberal agenda? What's the liberal agenda? It's to have a living wage so everybody can get health care, so people can get an education or have a decent middle class life, so rich people pay more taxes. Uh, the that we think about the f- future generations and not just the nose on our friggin' face. It's what what's the agenda of the Republican Party? It's to make the rich richer, to suppress democracy, 
to divide the American people, especially along racial lines, and to basically restore the exact system that the founders fought a revolution to escape. So, the, what, think about that. What's the agenda, the liberal agenda? To, be, to, to actualize the promises in our founding documents. That's the liberal agenda. So, yeah, I got an agenda, my friend. It's to, well, and I was talking to my mother, and I did say, my friend. No, sometimes I, my mother was, she was, a, she was tough. Uh-oh, here comes Tara Jr. God damn it. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Come on over. I gotta tip this camera down so you guys can see when he comes over. Why must you come over every time I start yelling? Hello. Maybe you know. He knows I need an emotional support cat. Alright, sit down and be good. Oh, brother. Yeah, but that's that was the argument I would have. That's it's so um isn't it irritating to have to and and first of all, okay, my mother was a nun. We know that. Right? Before she was my mother. But she was a she's a working class person. When she left the nun the nun hatchery, she became a she what did she do? She worked first she was a teller at a bank. Then she worked for the post office. She was a she was a clerk in the post office. You know, uh, my father was a garbage man. They, he also worked for the post office. Uh, this is yeah. We had a decent middle class life. My father. They bought a house on Staten Island. They were able to raise three kids. We had you know a decent whatever. We weren't living uh, on top of the world, looking down on creation. But it was not a bad life and they were able to pay off their house this these things don't happen anymore if you're a you're a sanitation worker in new york city you're not they you're renting that's the new normal people don't buy houses now they're not getting they're not earning enough now you're what it's this whole new generation of renters having to go supplicate themselves or to the the our lords the lords are owning all the property right or those who who were able to accumulate wealth during the great prosperity our grandparents you know my grandparents have passed away but you know what i'm saying that's the truth my parents were able to have that life thanks to the liberal policies brought to us by the great prosperity and FDR's New Deal, that the the greatest generation who were socialists voted for the New Deal in four landslide elections. So give me a break with this bullshit about the oh with this moderate the center bullshit. What's the center when you're when you're you you're living in the least upwardly mobile nation of the oh, of our uh, OECD partners? The, that that is the truth. We this country is suffering from Stockholm syndrome. Not us, honestly. I don't have Stockholm syndrome. I'm like this is bullshit. Enough is enough. So this is why, you know. I mean, this is how I got on this rant again. But that's the bottom line. The bottom line. The the theme of this show is shall constantly be that we 
are uh, we need to restore democracy. We that uh, well, the other thing is that Republicans hate democracy, and it's conservatives. It's really conservatives, and I'm sick of listening to the Democrats now. Just because somebody has a D after their name does not mean that they're not tainted in a way. Okay, so I'm I'm one of these people. I talk about okay, I'll vote for Joe Biden. Okay, if he's the Democratic nominee, of course, every because the philosophy, or maybe I, I could never vote for a Republican unless something drastically changes, unless they all of the sudden become the party of the New Deal. Which, hello, I would, I think, I'd have more chance of, uh, I don't know, really uh, becoming an astronaut and walking on Mars before that happened. So, you know, what I mean, not in my lifetime, but I. My my reasoning behind that is when you're in a hole, you stop digging. And when you're bleeding, you need to stem the bleeding. So, you know, but I it's almost insidious, too, because the, the people like Pete Buttigieg and Joe Biden could possibly do uh, much more damage. They could. Th- you would never have a a Democrat voting. Let's say let, this is my example. Uh, you would you would never have a Democrat voting for a Republican president or helping a Republican president put Social Security on the table. Okay, but who put Social Security on the table? It was Barack Obama. It would be a Democrat that could do something like that and get away with it and rally the DLCers, the the Democratic Leadership Council. That's what that is, for those who don't know. Which are that's that's the corporate wing of the Democratic Party. Who are they're just as they're just as culpable to for this decline, the decline of the American middle class. Because the middle class is now the working poor. You don't have a functioning democracy when the majority of your people cannot handle a $400 emergency. That in itself is an emergency. So I don't want to hear all this bullshit. I'm so sick of, I'm sick of Pete Buttigieg. That's what I want to talk about tonight. And Joe Biden. I'm sick of them both. And if you're one of these people like, oh, you're dividing the party. Well, I'm sorry. It's not the, the party. I'm not dividing the party. The party needs needs a wake up call we're trying to save the party from from screwing this country again we're trying to save it like we tried to save it in 2016 people are like oh, i don't want to vote for bernie he's not a democrat Ver- bernie is more of a democrat than any of these other than uh, than many than Pete Buttigieg, that's for sure even though bernie ran as an independent but he he is now obviously a registered democrat and caucuses, he's caucused his whole entire career with the Democrats, but he remained independent. And for that, many independents uh, appreciate. So the majority of the people are not registered independent or, I mean, not registered Republican or Democrat, they're independents. That's a whole other story. But the the fact is if only democrats voted in the primary i mean uh, voted in the general we'd be set right unfortunately everybody votes that's why when the democrats picked the candidate they already picked hillary 
in 20 when when she conceded to Obama the first time they they promised her that she would be able to she would be the next nominee after after Barack Obama you would have the first black president you'd have the first female president that was that was the deal that that was made with with Obama Hillary and uh and what's her name you know that uh the woman I can't remember her name now who is the who's the head of the DNC uh, at the time and her I could see her face and hear her voice her name is escaping me but whatever it doesn't matter so many names flying around my head and I wish I didn't know about 75% of those names frankly <laughs> you know what I mean wouldn't it be we I'd be a lot happier if I could walk through life not knowing Pete Buttigieg yeah, I don't know what it is. Okay, I like I like. Oh yeah, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Thank you, Bill Hardy on the chat. You guys are like my co-producers. I appreciate it. If you're on Facebook and you're on uh, any other, oh, the other thing is actually let me, before I always do this. I begin a sentence and I start a new sentence in the middle of that sentence. So I will try to stop that. But uh, the other. thing, Here's the thing. If you're on these other platforms, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, watching the show, we're, there's a, I would suggest you come to YouTube, frankly, because we have a lot of people in YouTube chatting. So that's just for FYI. Come on over to the RDT Daily YouTube channel. So that would be YouTube, I think it's YouTube.com slash C for channels, and then slash RDT Daily Media. But you could probably just do a Google, and yeah, and find us there. And anyway, the other thing is I got kicked off YouTube, I mean, Twitter again. So the other day when I did my, the weekday special, I was telling everyone that I got, I believe I was attacked, and now I'm kind of, I'm certain I was attacked by Russian bots, okay, on Twitter. They're all over Twitter. So, I'm, um, that's just the case. That is what it is. We know that, that the, that the Russian bots are infesting the social media discourse, and for your own benefit, or for your own whatever, if you, because if you go on Twitter and, just you could just do it as an experiment for yourself and see for yourself that when you when when Twitter tweets something or whatever some right winger it doesn't matter whatever whatever it is if if there is a positive response to uh to something that Twitter says like keep up the great work greatest president ever do yourself a favor and go to bot sentinel and and look up that that handle. See who's who is who is tweeting that tw- uh, that that bullshit. Frankly, and I'm telling you, 99.9 percent of the time, it is a it's a bot. So that's why it's very suspicious. Whenever some Twitter will say something, and then all the these. Uh, so of course, some of them are real or real people, but there's I'm telling you, there's so many bots. So that I one of my pastimes is going on Twitter and rooting out the bots and in fact and just calling them out just letting people know because as soon as you start engaging with them it's you're engaging with a bot it's it's not it's you're not engaging with a real person 
but people need to be aware that there are this is what's happening this is a bot here it is this is what we've been reading about this is one here's a bot right before your very eyes anyway so i was i did that i called out a bunch of bots next thing you know my twitter account was locked and i think and then i looked it up i look, i saw an article there what they do is they they these bots because it's all um, computer generated uh, somebody, one of these, one of the bots, I guess, handlers, uh, attacked me. What they do is they, um, they uh, try to get into your account. So they they make they make all these login attempts, and then Twitter has an algorithm that shut that shuts you down. So for suspic- suspicious activity. So you try, they try to enter my account, but they're not really trying to get in. They're trying to trigger this algorithm. They're, they're just trying to use, you know, they use my email and my handle because you can get in with your handle. So they know that. And then they, they, they put in, it doesn't matter, I guess, however many fake passwords until the algorithm locks it down. So today, I was pleased because I went on Twitter to see what the situation was because I've been sending them emails every single day. And every time it says, verify your email address, and it never comes. And I know it's not in my spam. It's not in whatever because I've been – I changed the email. I actually – I eliminated all my spam settings just to make sure it was getting through and – then I changed the email address. I changed it back. I changed it to a, a new email address. I asked. I added my phone number. I asked for a text. Like nothing, nothing works. They would. It was, and it all said that it was. Oh, uh, just verify your email with the email that we sent. And then I never received it anyway. And um, so I saw that the that Twitter had been unlocked, and I wrote i tweeted to twitter support thank you for unlocking my account much appreciated that was that nothing i mean i wasn't being sarcastic i was happy and anyway in a matter of i guess a couple of minutes my my account was locked again so there you go i didn't even tweet anything except thank you for unlocking my account and i believe that they must they just whatever maybe they maybe it's attached to my email address it op- when i it will be automatic when i log back in if they unlock it again that it's they attack it again it's really um it's really annoying yeah so sin city on the on the chat says where do, where is the site to check for the bots it's called bot sentinel so if you google or type into your into the bar botsentinel.com that's one of them there's a few others too but there i find bots i like i like going on bot sentinel anyway because it's it shows you what we're up against as well so like right now i just went to bot sentinel again it says here's the top hashtags that the bots are using maga trump 2020 WWG1WGA, what is that? These are new hashtags that are out. There must be some reason. What is that? Hashtag WWG1WGA. I don't know what that is. Hashtag 
K-A-G, hashtag QAnon, hashtag USMCA, hashtag Fox News. These are the number one hashtags for the bots. The number one retweeted account, of course, is Real Donald Trump. And then who else we got there? Karma Trump. Ryan, oh, Rudy Giuliani, he's number one. One of the top mentions, Donald Trump, Pelosi, AOC, CNN. What do you, I mean, it's so unbelievable that this is what, it's, of course, they're attacking us this way. Because the United States is so easily divided because we're filled with dumbasses who refuse to get, to learn and to see that they're, how they're useful idiots in the demise of democracy. And they don't give a shit, though, because they don't like democracy. The cent- Sentinel. Centennial. Oh, thank, wait, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the chat. Sentinel. <laughs> maybe I'm, getting, I'm coming into a conversation in the middle. I don't know what you mean. So I should just shut up. Anyway, and neither do the podcast. The people on the podcast are like, what are you talking about? Sentinel? Centennial? So, yes. Yeah, I do use a very long and complex password as well. So they probably couldn't get into it, but they they were able. What it's not, they're not trying really to get into it. Maybe they are. Ultimately, I guess that would be a win for them as well. They what they're doing is they're trying to shut it down, because if you go to if you try to log into your Twitter account or uh, I guess it's Twitter. I guess other accounts might uh, might have the same thing. But if you, as you know, maybe if you're logging into your bank, if this has happened, if you use online banking, you log into your bank numerous times with the wrong password, it'll lock you out. It's the same thing. So these mother effers are, they don't care that they're not trying to get into the account. If they did, that would be a win. But they'll, they'll, they'll take the, they'll take just shutting me down. Do you know what I mean? So I've been calling them out. So of course, one of these people who programs the bots is like you know because they are very good at computers i'm not a computer hacker or anything and they're just like all right bitch here you go boom 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 and they they set the bots at me and i believe and i 100 percent believe that that's what happened now that i was locked out again after being unlocked for approximately 15 minutes <laughs> of course they attacked it again and all of a sudden boom i'm locked out again it's like you have to, it's back to the beginning. Anyway, so I sent them another email. It might take days. I don't know what to do. I guess maybe I should, I don't know. If I get in, I will have to go in and change my email. Perhaps they have it attached to my email. I don't know. Whatever. It's really irritating. But whatever. This is what we're up against. That's why, I mean, I got to look at it like in a way that I, at least I'm irritating them. So this is what they're trying to do. You know what I mean? But that's uh, that's what we're up against. I don't have the means to to really fight this. I don't know what uh, what else to do but to plead with Twitter to help me to to and I sent them a an, a request saying I believe I was attacked by bots. But then you sound like a nut job. You know what I mean? Attacked by bots, but they probably know what's going on, obviously. But if they have, I don't know. I mean, what else, how else could I be getting locked out like this? It has to be the bots. You know what I mean? Especially since I wasn't doing anything. 
And I know I got anyway, whatever. I'm I'm repeating myself. So that's what's happening. I'm not on Real Tara Devlin right now. I don't know what the hell's happening with the account. And I don't want to lose it. I have the RGT Daily account, but you know, it's not the same. It's not my own account. And I I I had you know, uh what's his name? I some people that I know follow me and I like uh who's the what's Chuck Schumer actually followed my account, which I was surprised. So I would lose all of that. Uh, my ability to direct message Chuck Schumer, which I've had, I have on a, on a, on a couple of occasions. He just to give him a, advice, like tell him not to back down on whatever it may be. I don't, I'm not mean or anything to him on there. I don't curse at him, but it's, it's, and it's access to be able to, he doesn't respond. I just, I'll just, but he did follow me. So once somebody follows you on Twitter, you're able to direct message them. So when I direct message him, he hasn't unfollowed me. So, all right, whatever. This is the most boring intro of Tara Buster ever, maybe. I don't know. Um, I just wanted to tell you that my Twitter, if you know anything about Twitter, let me know. Give me some advice. Who the hell knows what's going on? If you work at Twitter, even better. Jeez. All right. But this is what we're up against. And that's why being a patron is vital. I appreciate all the patrons. And this is early days here. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you guys are the early adopters of the show. And I I believe in uh, what we're doing here. This it's it's I believe. And so do the fascists, though. That media is most important. It's one of the most important elements of having a functioning democracy. It's a free press, and that's what this is. Even if this, I mean, obviously, I'm not, I'm not the press, but this is a platform for getting out the liberal policies that built the middle class to begin with. That's what we're fighting for. The a real functioning. Uh, democracy and uh a a fairer america that we can all be proud of and and live i mean don't you want to be proud of this effing country Uh, when i was a kid that's what's so heartbreaking about i guess i mean i was gonna say adulthood in general but just seeing the reality of uh, and the potential the wasted potential of what the United States could be. That we're the only country that's built on the promise of happiness. And if we were more evolved, we would embrace that happiness. I mean, think about that. And we're not, we're, we're the only country that is a country based on that idea that is, a, we're a nation of immigrants. It's a, an idea of happiness that belongs to everyone. That that's the strength of America, that we welcome everyone. That's why Republicans are they are sickening and weakening this country. Then they are anti-American. They hate this country. They hate democracy, and it's not even a debate anymore. I used to say that. I've been saying that for years. Republicans hate democracy. And years ago, when it, we were still in the early days, right of the Bush administration or whatever. People will be like, oh, you know, that's this Tara. She's just, 
she just hates Republicans or whatever. It's not about hate. I I mean, I, I do hate them. I'm not like Nancy Pelosi. I, I'm not praying for them. Uh, maybe I should. Maybe. I do not like them very much. I And I find them almost intolerable. But... You know, I uh, it's a it really is because I love this country and want to see it actualize its full potential. It's like watching somebody waste their life being a drunk or something. You know what I mean? You like say to them, you don't know what I see, what I see in you, I the potential. As they're, I don't know, just being a douchebag, wasting their life. But I wish it's not even Republicans are they're just dangerous and they don't, they're not even hiding it anymore. Wait, hold on, I have to take a drink. Out of my horn cup. From Bob Kincaid's show. And there's also mugs on the RDT Daily merchandise store. We got some good mugs. I, I made a new shirt. I'm wearing the Deep State 2016 shirt. I, I, there's a new, there will be a new. I have to pu- publish it. It's, uh, Deep State 2020, an update. So, whatever. All right, what was I going to say? So, yeah, Republicans hate democracy. And um, when I was thinking about what to call the show tonight, I mean, basically, that's the overriding theme of every show is Republicans hate democracy. But the other side of that coin is Republic. I mean, Democrats, the DLC Democrats, they're... They're they're gonna destroy us too. I mean, it's, I'm trying to whittle it down to a six, you know, a, a succinct phrase. But the DLC Democrats are part of the problem. I'm I that whole okay. I guess I'll just get into it. We'll go into the patrons later. You guys, Patreon.com/slash Tara Devlin, please become a patron. Okay. And did you see that Joe Biden, that clip of him attacking that man? Now, all over the corporate media, of course, you guys know I watch Morning Joe. It annoys me to no end. I don't know why I watch these things that annoy me, but everything, everything that involves the corporate media and the, their clear and obvious freakout that democracy might truly break out they're really really upset about elizabeth warren of course bernie the constant that you want to talk about how much it matters to have a liberal media to have a platform that that embraces the actual the solutions that really will fix the 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 broken kiss up kickdown system you this is why we need uh we need the liberal media we that's and you're looking at it you're looking at the liberal media bob kincaid mike malloy progressive voices that's the liberal media wait hold on tara jr's laying on my keyboard here that's not good but so anyway with with joe biden this week it's such a train wreck but he goes out and attacks a voter again how much time how many times we got to put up with this shit this is his third time trying to be the the president i mean go away already he failed three two other times he is this this is the best we got get the hell out of here it's all because the 
the corporate media and and the and the elite are afraid of the things that we really have to do to save this country and to save the working class from being the working poor. That's the Bernie policies, the Elizabeth Warren policies. They never go nuts when it comes to the you know, they talk about the deficit, the debt. How are we going to pay for these things? How are we not going to pay for these things as these, as these corporate elite, I mean, are writing us completely to the bank? And while uh, everyone is slipping into uh, into the uh, you know the point of no return, frankly, it's really unbelievable. Because after Joe Biden went after that voter on on the on Morning Joe, I wish I, I was trying to find the clip, but I couldn't find it because I ran out of time. But they were all they are all just excusing him. Like, oh well, this is what we want to see. This is what uh, what appeals to voters. They want to see him feisty. This is what they were saying. They want to see the him get uh, get angry. No, we don't. What are you getting angry at now? For those who haven't seen it yet, I will play it because it is kind of funny too. To tell you the truth, it's ridiculous. But I'm thinking that when I was watching it, I was like, "This is this is the the this is the best we got." It's like, are you serious? Give me an effing break here, Joe Biden. Now let's not re- let's not forget that he uh, the other two times he's run for president has been have been disasters as well. But now he's getting like angry, and it reminds me because my father has Alzheimer's or had Alzheimer's. I mean, he's passed away, and it, he kind of reminds me of a crazy Alzheimer's patient. No offense. I mean, I don't know. Is that offensive? But uh, who's sundowning? That's what it reminds me because one of the things my father, we were very lucky in a lot of ways uh, with the Alzheimer's, with the way my father manifested it. I mean, obviously we weren't lucky that he got it, but he wasn't uh, uh, very angry all the time. He had some episodes of anger, but a lot of Alzheimer's patients will, that's, they'll they'll be... uh, mostly angry so it's really even worse for those who have to care for them but my father turned into like a little boy for the most part and every now and then once in a while he had he had a serious episode of anger where one time i even thought he was going to punch me in the face that's how angry he he was and i think it was obviously it's uh his frustration but and it was late in the day Okay, it was about bedtime. So they, after a while, they they get frustrated because they can't keep up, I guess. I don't know. Hopefully, I'll never know. But, and that's what it reminded me of. Watching Joe Biden go after this voter who's asking a question that Joe Biden should be prepared for, given what we're enduring now with Twitler and and his his attempts to not just dig up dirt he's not he's Twitler is he wants the appearance of corruption it doesn't have to he's not rooting out corruption he wants the appearance he wants something to talk about to his rubes to the idiots the america haters to the nuremberg rallies so joe biden goes uh let me see here's the first clip I, I, I grabbed the clip and then I grabbed the longer clip. So this first part, I believe, is from 
CNN. Hold on. It's hard. It's really hard doing the show in a way with a cat on your lap who's constantly hitting the keyboard. But we, it's, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love my little kitty here, so. That's why sometimes he gets on my nerves and I think, I love you. Isn't he cute, though? I mean, he's a good boy, right? What do you think? Say something to the people. <laughs> All right. He's not cooperating either. That's the way, that's the cats for you. That's cats, right? All right, here we go. Let me see. Where is it? Here we go. Here we go. We all know Trump uh, has been messing around in Ukraine over there, holding their foreign aid for for them to come up, saying they're going to investigate you. We know all about that crap. And he's he's uh, no backbone. We know that for that. Watch but you, he, on the that's other what hand, he looks like. The sun, he's sundowning now. Thanks your son over there. To get a job and work for a gas company that Uh-oh. he had no experience with gas or nothing in order to his face. get <laughs> access to the to, for the president. So you're you're he's selling access mad. to the president. Uh, he's it, now right now he's I believe he must be thinking, well, how should I approach this? Do I need to answer this? That's the thing about Joe Biden. He's not answered any questions. And there's a history of him. Of uh, a, a long history, frankly, of him saying, "Oh well, then don't vote for me. If you don't want, you don't uh, like me, don't vote for me." It's uh, it's like it's his turn, and this is just um, it's an inconvenience getting in the way of his birthright. So you're a goddamn liar, man. You're That's a goddamn true. liar, he says, or da- or damn liar. You're a damn liar. No, the man is asking him about what he's hearing on television and all over the corporate media. And Joe Biden and his team, don't you think if they they were prepared, they should be prepared, that they should have gotten together and been like, look, this is in the media. This is all over the place. Obviously, we're going to get hit with this. Here's our strategy. And it's not to call somebody a damn liar and challenge them to a push-up contest. This is the most ridiculous country I've ever had to be a part of, and I'm, and it's the only one I've been a part of. And it sucks having to endure this shit. It's so embarrassing. This is the best we have. Meanwhile, people who truly want to fix the system and have a... A, a decent uh, and not you know, they can't guarantee a decent life to everybody but there's a decent uh, have a decent opportunity for uh the fixing the problems that brought twitler into the white house to begin with those people are completely vilified across the corporate media 24 7 and i have to hear with uh on on morning joe and msnbc how Oh well, Elizabeth Warren has gone down in the polls ever since her she released her fantastical Medicare for all plan, which is no, it couldn't have anything to do with it's not that he's she's down in the polls after she released her plan. How about she's down in the polls because of the incessant non-stop corporate media badgering and bludgeoning her about how mythical and fantastical it is to have something that every other goddamn country has for generations. And we got to put up with this shit? 
and then they, we we got to turn they turn around and say after they on the corporate media when we when we heard Joe Biden go after this guy you're a damn liar oh well you know he's just your like an old your old uncle everybody that's why everybody loves Joe Biden this is what I was hearing I couldn't believe it well that's why everyone loves him he's just he's like your cranky old uncle I mean imagine if the corporate media framed Medicare for all like a p- the patriotic imperative that it is these oh, let me just com- continue to play this uh, it's unbelievable to call this man a damn liar he's asking a question that you should be prepared for a damn liar man that's not true and no one has ever said that no one has done that no. you've seen it on the tv no i know you do by the way that's why i'm not sedentary i don't like it up and you see okay now here's the other thing he goes by the way the guy's a little uh, uh, he's a little beefy right so he's like but joe biden's like by the way that's why and then he stops himself i'm not sedentary he says i'll go back a little bit because the corporate media is now, they are reframing this incident where he basically is calling this guy fat. They're saying that, oh, no, he didn't say fat. He said facts. The word facts. That's bullshit. The fact is, he basically called the guy fat. That's why he said, let's do push-ups. Let's run around like a couple of 12-year-olds. Like, we need, because we don't have enough with a gigantic white devil king baby in the White House now. We need a Democratic version of that. A big baby running around saying, let's do push-ups, man. Come on, man. Could you imagine if a woman behaved like this? Hey, man, let's do push-ups. It's so embarrassing. By the way, that's why I'm not By the way, do you see what he said? That's why... You're, and then he goes, I'm not sedentary. That's why you, you I'm not sedentary. Because he's look, and he looks down at him like, oh, yeah, like at, you're fat. That's why you're fat and I'm not sedentary. This is what he's basically, he caught himself. I get up. I know more than most people know. Oh, no, he doesn't. But I mean, I guess he plagiarized. He could plagiarize more than most people would plagiarize with a straight face. That's, well, I'll get to that in a minute. He's done. That's why I'm running. And you want to check my shape on it, let's do push-ups together, man. Let's do, let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's do push-ups. And then everybody's applauding? said my son has done anything wrong and I did not on any occasion and no one has ever said it not I didn't one say you were doing anything wrong I you said, said I set up my son to work in an oil company then that what you said oh I my god Jack. that's what I hear on the on MSNBC you don't hear that on MSNBC you did not hear that at all what you heard look okay I'm not going to get an argument you man wow well, yeah, you do, but, uh, How embarrassing. He's only asking a question that should be asked. And, I mean, this is the response? Now we got this is what we have to look forward to if he becomes the nominee, he gets on stage with Twitler, 
and they start pulling this shit because we're going to be dragged through this Burisma shit for the rest of our lives, frankly. Like we were dragged through Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi until I was waking up in the middle of the night screaming Benghazi. These effing people, like they give a shit about Benghazi, like they ever cared. Because if they really, if they cared about Benghazi, they would have, they wouldn't have cut the funding for embassies. This is what what Republicans do, you see, for embassy security. That's what they do. And then they cry and complain about the results of their policies. So now we got to put up with this shit? An old man telling everybody, let's have a fucking push-up contest? When, when confronted with a, with a question that he should have been prepared for. So let's, is this, this is the state of politics now. So the Democrats, they, that's how, where this is how Joe Biden is responding to Twitler? Oh, well, it works for Twitler. It'll work for me. To be, uh, I'm going to do the angry old man thing call this guy fat, basically? And then, the, of course, well, uh, we have the whole corporate media coming to his rescue. Oh, he didn't call him fat. He said facts. Nobody said that he said the word fat. He based, But he did say to him, that's why I'm not sedentary. Let's do push-ups, man. Let's run around, man. Give me a break. Here's the deal. So that was hard to hear, but he said, what did he say? Looks like you don't have any more backbone than Trump does. Oh my. Let him talk. And then the other half of that, where is it? Let's do push-ups, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. No one has said my son has oh, done I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? I get your work straight, Jack. That's what I did. You're on that. getting clipped, the audio. Oh, you don't hear that in MSNBC. You did not hear then I'll just forward to the end. Let him talk. Any other questions? Yeah. Oh. He says, I'm not voting for you. Well, I knew you weren't, man. You think I thought you'd stand up and vote for you? You're too old to vote for me. You're too old to vote for me. This, it really is. As Andrea says on the chat, it's idiocracy. We should be embarrassed. I mean, we, I am. I'm embarrassed for these, for these old white crackers. These idiots. Are you, are they should be embarrassed. Joe Biden, get the hell out of here. And, uh, I mean, we have to endure this? The, and this is all the result of, a, of, of the 40-year attack on the New Deal and media regulation policies that brought us the silos of information that we, uh, I mean, the Democrats knew. When they were when they were deregulating the media, when they were helping Republicans push their Republican policies, their kiss up, kick down, anti democratic policies, where they it would end, where this game would end, it, and when you assault, when you just nibble away at the structures of democracy, a little bit by a little bit, what do you expect? Here we are, we have a a freaking king baby fascist squatting in the White House while his minions, his racist-ass minions, uh, uh, white supremacists, white nationalists, 
uh, overt racist, overtly anti-democratic, attacking the structures of democracy, stuffing flunkies and fascists and sycophants and unqualified sycophants into lifetime of positions on the on the court. And what do you expect? And then we on the other side, we have Republicans and Demo- calling themselves Democrats peddling Democratic, I mean, peddling Republican talking points, uh, um, peddling the illusion of progress, the, uh, but, uh, but ensuring that the United States remains on the downward spiral into oligarchy, into entrenched uh, intergenerational aristocracy, because, not, you know, Pete Buttigieg, Give me a break with Pete Buttigieg. It's the same. It's here we go again. This is Obama. He wants to be Obama, of course. He wants that whole uh, Obama. He thinks he's Obama. He's not Obama, but whatever. I mean, Obama is on my nerves too, frankly, because he. It's when you look back, it's he. He kind of was the same peddling the illusion of change change we can believe in what the hell is change we can believe in that's change i want to change i wanted a new deal the new new deal i would love to have universal health care this is change we can believe in. what can you believe in oh you can't believe it because you're not you don't pay it's pay to play here in this town and pete Buttigieg is he's just he's like the he's like the next in the uh he's like the the next obama in the sense that he is the illusion of change just like you know because he's gay he he's a gay man that's the that's the uh illusion okay that's the progress it's the progress that the corporate elite can get behind because it's not nothing will really change okay we have some social progress there's because society has changed because you know if 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 we were still in a time when the return on investment for being a homophobic kiss down you know kick down on the on the gays if that still had a return on investment for democratic for democratic candidates like joe biden he'd still be for i, I mean i don't know what his uh, his stance on gay marriage was i think let me see joe biden now that I think back on it, I think he was supposedly the one that brought Obama to the table. But give me a break. Like, are you, Joe Biden's been in the Congress for 40 years. He wasn't at the vanguard of the civil rights movement, or, nor was he at the vanguard of the gay rights movement. But they sure like to ride the coattails. Let's see. Here's in September. Uh, oh, here's another one. I just looked up Joe Biden gay rights, and it said Joe Biden has tense exchange over LGBT record. Pre- pressed about his decades-old opposition to same-sex marriage, Mr. Biden pushed back, saying he didn't have to evolve. So this was in June. No, I'm sorry, September 2019. Former Vice President Joe Biden... Let's see. Found himself fending off new questions about his decades-long record on lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender issues in a testy exchange with a moderator who described his treatment of her as condescending. During a Friday night forum focused on LGBTQ issues, Mr. Biden seemed to recoil from the direct questioning from Liz Lenz, a Cedar Rapids Gazette columnist. In a question-and-answer session, Ms. Lenz repeatedly pressed Mr. Biden about his past votes for the Defense of Marriage Act, the military's don't-ask-don't-tell policy. 
that forbade openly gay people from serving. And his statement earlier this year that Vice President Mike Pence, known for his socially conservative positions, was a decent guy. I mean, I'm so sick of this. This is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? I I cannot stand this bullshit with the, with these DLC Democrats that uh, that won't fight. They they're part of the problem. I don't want I'm so, I I don't want Joe Biden running as the Democratic nominee on so many for so many reasons, none the least of which being that he won't win. And this these are all the reasons why. He's not progressive, and if he does win, we're in big trouble, too. Okay, he will uh, stem the bleeding, I guess, but there will be absolutely no remedy to the next fascist that comes along. The downward spiral of the American middle class, uh, now the working poor, will continue. And this country will be done for good, because the next fascist that gets into office will not be an out-of-control malignant narcissist who can't stay off Twitter. We know that. They'll they'll be polished. They'll be able to wear, you know, the uh commander in chief blazer or not blazer that that jacket that Twitler wears that they all wear. It says commander in chief when they're walking on a walking into a military military institution. It's just, it's ridiculous. Biden sought to defend himself, reminding the audience in a steamy auditorium that he supported same-sex marriage before President Obama. I didn't have to evolve. Then, before an audience of 700 volunteers, activists, and voters, he called Miss Lenz, Lenz a lovely person, prompting her to reply, just asking the questions people want to know. Offstage, after the exchange, she wrote on Twitter that Mr. Biden called her a real sweetheart. I interpreted it as a little condescending, Ms. Lenz said in a backstage interview, echoing the immediate criticism of some prominent feminists on social media. I mean, F you, Biden. You know what I mean? These people, it's, it's enough. And it's not about, so, you know, it's not about his age. Because I'm all for Bernie. I want, I want a Bernie Sanders presidency because it's what we need. This country cannot, we cannot endure Another right winger. Conservatism is the problem, whether it has a D after its name or an R. It is really time that we we face this fact, and that's why I, I always ask you to be a patron and patronize the 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 liberal media because we we have to get this word out. My God. And speaking of, I just want to say thank you, Mark. C and Jim, of course, always with the super chats. I see the super chats coming in. George, thank you. Haiku, I love that super chat with a little emoji. Before the show gets away from me. Because I already see, it's already an hour. It's almost an hour we've been together again. It goes by like this. It's unbelievable. I prepare so many things and then... Next thing you know, the damn thing is over. It's crazy. So, I was like saying to myself, should I go into the next thing? But, yeah, my whole thing, I'm so pissed off. I don't want to hear Pete Buttigieg. I'm sick of him, too. And I'm glad he's finally being called out for his bullshit 
Republican talking points. That's what's so dangerous. He is dangerous, frankly. Him walking around. He is the illusion of progress. He's not progress. He's regression. I don't care if he's married to a man. So what? When you're, it doesn't matter. That's identity policies. We're all supposed to be uh, about, not about identity policies. What does it matter? Are we that stupid? Well, it's sort of like my gay friend during the Bush administration. She, I would say, how can you vote Republican? She was an avid Republican. I, don't, I couldn't deal with it. And she was voting you know, for her own demise. And she's like, oh, it doesn't really, uh, they don't really believe that. This is what she would tell me. I'm like, these Republicans are attacking the uh, gays. Uh, how about, not just attack, I mean, to put it mildly, what uh, I remember watching with my own two eyes the the that announcement that George Bush made on the uh, where was it I don't even know the Rose Garden of the White House when he walked out it was in the middle of the afternoon and he said that they were the Republicans were backing a constitutional amendment assuring that marriage was a sacred institution between a man and a woman and I was like fuck you f you you bastards you scumbags. Be- not only because they don't give a shit. Here's the bottom line. They never cared about gay marriage. They just wanted the political payback. They wanted to pander to their 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 mouth-breathing base. And they would do anything. They would throw anybody under the bus. If it was if there if there was a constituency that were that that had some obscure some that interpreted their so-called ancient book of fables uh, and into uh, uh, something that said that George Bush's mother was uh, going to hell. He would throw his own goddamn mother under the bus. The Republicans, they don't care. They'll throw anybody under the bus for their own political gain. And they don't care that just making an announcement like that, the harm that that does, not, and not just to the gay people, because that's what, it does harm gay people. At the time when I was watching that, announcement i thought to myself well thank god i'm not a teenager anymore or or a youth coming to terms with who i am because this would really hurt me i remember thinking that and not just me i thought about all of the youth in the country that's why suicide is one of the number one causes of of death by gay teens by teenagers and how and those are the only the ones we know we know about Many teens will take their lives, and you won't even know why, and that's why. Because as you're growing up, one of the, I mean, I remember for myself, I was like, that was I when I realized that I was the I was gay, and I was the the one of those terrible people that they were talking about in church. I I had no idea that that I they were talking about me. I was like, oh my god, who are these these homosexuals? They must be horrible people. And then I was like, oh, my God, they're talking about me. And I, I was really hurt and damaged by it. You be, you, as a gay person living in uh, living, period, you, have a set, you do have a level of PTSD. I, I mean, I'll speak for myself, from living in a homophobic society. So you always have to come to terms with it over and over again. And then when you have the highest, pe- the people with the highest positions of power coming out and vilifying you as not an equal member of society, as not worthy of the same rights as others, as something to be 
legislated against, out of the community, then what does that do? Not just to the gay people, though. It does. It harms the entire society. So the Republicans do not care, though. They want a harm society, an ill, a sick society, a divided society, a wounded society is the only kind of society that they can ever have power in. You do, you know what I mean? There, they don't, they cannot function. They won't have power. They won't be able to to peddle their bullshit in a society that uh, that is uh, evolved and uh, you know, not not wounded. They need the American people wounded and divided. So it's and they continue to do it. They wound and divide us continuously. Everything they do, from the suppression of voting rights, just their incessant racism. There and they don't give a shit. That's why they have no freaking business being anywhere near the halls of power in, in a great country. They could go, 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 go to Saudi Arabia. You'll be fine that they all oh, money, money, money. That's it, right? That's all that matters. Money, 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 money. Wasn't that that was tw- Trump's theme song? Money, 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 money. Right? I wish I, these people could get justice they deserve. If there was true justice in this world, I think about what's his name. The richest man in Rome, Crassus. There was a fire problem in Rome. They didn't didn't have regulation. Well, they did have. They have some regulations, but not not too much in Rome. They're only down the road. They learned their lesson about building and to the point of uh, trying to prevent fires. Anyway, but Rome was really built haphazardly. But Crassus houses would burn down, buildings would burn. While they were burning, he'd come along and say, "Hey, um, I see your house is burning down." I'll take that off your hands for a very low price. And, of course, the desperate person would be like, okay, here. So as soon as the guy signed over his property, Crassus would get the slaves to work to put the fire out. That's how he accumulated his wealth. Uh, he ended up dying in, uh, in a war with the Persians, I believe. And they uh, melted gold and <laughs> poured it down his throat. Because of his love of gold, his renown for being a greedy little bastard. Sometimes I think about, well, I'm not saying you would make them uh, swallow gold, but it's sort of like, what is the proper justice for the greedy grifters who've turned this country, turned everything on this planet into an expendable commodity? What's the justice for a bunch of con men like that? I don't know. Maybe. And another time, they'd get the crisis treatment, I suppose. But all right. Um, I'm going to take a break to make some more coffee. Where are we here? I'm looking. Hold on. How's everybody doing? Checking in, checking in. All right. Good. You doing good? Good. All right. My name is Tara Devlin. We are we meet here every Saturday evening from six to eight. It goes by like a like a blink of an eye. So this is Eastern Standard Time, and we're rebroadcast on Sunday on Progressive Voices anytime on the Progressive Voices app. Sometimes we do a weekday special. I like the weekday specials to tell you the truth because I feel more loosey goosey to just not have to worry about these time constraints, and we can just talk, and it's sort of more casual. For me, 
I, maybe I, it's not really casual, but it feels casual to me. I don't know. Probably because I don't have to worry about cutting the show down to two hours. So, all right. We will be back in about eight minutes. You know the drill. We have Green News Report with Brad and Desi and then Labor History in two. And I'm going to get some coffee and see you in about eight minutes. My name is Tara Devlin. Be right back. Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents the Green News Report. The point of no return is no longer over the horizon. It is in sight and hurtling towards us. UN Climate Summit kicks off as Bleak Report warns world on track for catastrophic warming. A different study finds dangerous planetary tipping points closer than predicted, plus... The Parker family was forced to spend the Thanksgiving holiday away from home after a petrochemical plant explosion forced them and more than 50,000 other people to evacuate. Happy holidays from the Texas petrochemical industry. All of that happiness and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. What is still lacking is political will. Political will to stop subsidies on fossil fuels. Did he say fossil fuels? Yes, he did. The other option is the path of hope. A path where more fossil fuels remain where they should be, in the ground. I like this UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, setting aside the fossil fuels for a moment... I have lost track of how many petrochemical explosions there have been in Texas in just the last year or two. Exactly. And it's mostly in Houston, where a mandatory evacuation order has been lifted in the town of Port Neches after a series of explosions at the TPC Group petrochemical refinery with a long history of violating environmental laws. Nearly 50,000 people were forced to evacuate their homes over the Thanksgiving holiday after multiple explosions last week literally blew off doors and windows of homes and generated massive clouds of toxic black smoke. As we go to air, the cause remains unknown, but the facility is still burning, and county officials say air quality remains within legal limits. Mm-hmm. It's the latest in a series of dangerous and deadly explosions in Texas petrochemical corridor this year. Now, if I remember, didn't Republican Governor Greg Abbott, when he came to office, sign some rules making it easier for these petrochemicals to be kept a secret from the public? Yes, he did. And even more importantly, the latest explosion occurred less than a week after the Trump Environmental Protection Agency rescinded Obama-era chemical safety rules that had been put in place after the deadly West Texas fertilizer explosion in 2013. That rescinded rule would have helped prevent such dangerous chemical explosions and would have protected first responders and the nearly 180 million Americans who live near such facilities. I say we move these facilities outside the governor's mansion and the White House instead of outside our kids' high schools and 
retirement homes. Meanwhile, in Madrid, Spain, the 2019 United Nations Climate Change Conference is now underway for the next round of international negotiations to forge a comprehensive global pact under the Paris Climate Agreement, in which all nations have agreed to cut the greenhouse gas emissions that cause dangerous man-made climate change. This year's summit is intended for nations to ratchet up their ambitions in accordance with their capabilities and to hammer out technical mechanisms of reporting and finance. Not surprisingly, President Trump, a climate science denier, is not attending the climate summit. Trump's withdrawal of the U.S. from the U.N. Paris Climate Agreement isn't official until the day after the presidential election in 2020. So Trump staffers are in Madrid to help influence the negotiations. Yeah, I think they sent some senior diplomat or something from the State Department instead of, you know the president of the United States. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is leading a delegation of House Democrats. Oh, she went. Yep, to reassure other nations that Congress remains committed to the Paris Agreement's goals. The summit coincides with two disturbing new studies. The annual UN Emissions Gap Report has found that nations' current emissions cuts are insufficient, and it warns that currently the world is on pace to warm a catastrophic 4 degrees Celsius by 2100. Jesus. A second report in the journal Nature warns that humanity is now closer than ever to triggering dangerous planetary tipping points sooner than forecast, like irreversible melting of ice sheets and acidifying oceans. In his speech opening the summit, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres rebuked the world's biggest emitters for not doing enough to cut their emissions and noted that we have almost all of the technical tools we need to make reductions, except for one thing. What is still lacking is political will. While Guterres noted what he called signs of hope, he also warned humanity is in a deep hole and still digging, and the world is rapidly approaching a point of no return. By the end of the coming decades, we will be on one of two paths. One is the path of surrender, where we have sleepwalked past the point of no return, jeopardizing the health and safety of everyone on this planet. Do we really want to be remembered as the generation that buried its head in the sand, that fiddled while the planet burned? Apparently so. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1945. That was the day President Truman appointed a fact-finding panel to investigate the General Motors strike. As many as 320,000 UAW GM workers had been on strike for nearly three weeks. They had suffered deep wage cuts, deteriorating working conditions, and endless contract violations during the war. The UAW workers now demanded a 30% wage increase. But President Truman and GM acted as if it was still wartime. Truman ordered a 30-day cooling-off period to be followed by compulsory arbitration. Just two days earlier, 10,000 strikers picketed GM, encircling their downtown headquarters for over an hour. The CIO held an emergency conference vowing to continue and spread the strike. 
CIO President Philip Murray took to the radio in defense of the strike. He noted that corporations had made millions in wartime profits, that wage cuts since VJ Day had been as high as 50%, and denounced Congress for burdensome new tax laws. Murray added that Truman's proposed fact-finding act and other anti-labor laws served to, quote, weaken and ultimately to destroy labor union organizations. Bob Carter, chairman of the AC Spark Plug Strike Committee and chairman of the Greater Flint CIO Council, remarked, I am against arbitration and will oppose the setting up of fact-finding committees. Anyone acquainted with the labor history of this country knows that those committees are used by political stooges of the corporations to to cheat workers out of their just demands. The strike ended in partial victory the following March, with strikers winning a 17.5% raise, just over half their original demand. But UAW members demonstrated their solidarity and their refusal to be cowed into going back to work on the government's terms. All right. Thanks for sticking around with the show and hanging out. Uh, my name is Tara Devlin. We are me meeting here. We are meeting here. Is that a sentence? Every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app. That's why it's on demand. You can listen on demand. While I got a letter from someone, an email. They said that I am their Sunday morning routine, that they go shopping, food shopping every Sunday morning and listen to the show. That makes me that makes me feel good. Thank you guys. I I appreciate all the all the letters and the tweets. Well, when I get my Twitter back, that'll be nice. And people for having I I believe uh ownership in the show too. I that that makes me really it brings our motto to life we stick together we win it's it's not just the motto of the show that's that has to be our motto in fact i believe that it is the motto of the country and it's just said in a different way we stick together we win is another way of saying e pluribus unum it is another way of saying we pledge our lives fortunes and sacred honor to each other we don't leave anyone behind and i i i love it I love it. That's the only way we're going to win. That's the way we're going to win in the show. That's the way we're going to win in the bigger picture of making this world safe for democracy, making the country safe for democracy. We could start there. And it has a, it makes a difference in the world, too. As you know, the United States, we're, we're a big-ass bully on the block. And if we're not operating from a moral, moral core... This in the entire planet is in trouble, and the rest of the world knows it, especially our democratic partners. But let me see here. We let me see where the where's our patrons. I thank I thank the patrons all the time, but there are other people as well who are the backbone of the show. Here comes Tara Jr. Jr. Here he comes. Hello, <laughs> man. Sit down. Sit down. We only have a few. We don't have that much longer on the show. So I want to thank Eugene right off the bat. I don't know if you're on the list of patrons, but 
thank you for showing up every week and during the week. But I have this list of active patrons that I want to thank. Andrea, Anthony, Cynthia, Damask Cats, Daniel, Deborah, Dwayne, Elaine, Gail, George, Hi-Fi Guy, Haiku, James, Jane, Jim, Joan, Joey Bay. Oh, <laughs> I do that again. I always do that. And then he said, you can say my name. It's so funny. I don't know. I guess it's such a short name together. John, Kathleen, Katie, Kay, Lord Wafflecat, Mark, Martin, Martin S., and another Martin S., Mary, Max, Michael D., Michael L. B., Michael L. D., a lot of Michaels, Paradu, Peter R., Randall, Sam, Stephen, Susan, and Tony. Thank you so much, guys, and everyone else, and Robert, who sent me a really amazing letter and a very nice and generous donation. Also, D and Elizabeth. I want to thank Elizabeth. She sends patron. Uh, she sends a PayPal. That's very nice. And of course, Jude Mortford, who from Women Standing, who is a who's been a supporter and also a spiritual a spiritual advisor. I don't know. Advisor? She's a spiritual... Not advisor. What's the word? She is a spiritual wellspring of compassion. Someone that when I, I, I listen to her, I when I speak with her, and when I see the work that she does, I, I think, thank God there are people like Jude Morford in the world. So that, that's the kind of people that we need in charge of things, running things, compassion. There's nothing weak about compassion. In fact, it's probably the strongest of all the human traits. That's why Republicans have everything exactly backwards. They think it's strong to be a big bully, to be uh, to to commit war crimes, things like that, to to beat people up, to divide people, to to give to not give a shit about let's say the migrants like i don't know if you saw there's many things i want to talk about tonight i was going to go into pete Buttigieg. maybe we'll get to it again but while i'm on the subject the did you see this 16 year old migrant who who died of the flu another another migrant in a youth in our custody dead for no good reason no reason at all there is no reason that he shouldn't have received medical attention. They put him in a cold cell. Um, here's, wait, hold on. I had the uh, the thing ready. Now I can't find it. And they left him alone with another another migrant that was in a, I don't, I don't know if you saw the pictures, but in a cold cell with no, no, no blankets, just those silver shock blankets that they give out. It's not even a blanket. And on a cold cement bench, this kid with 103 fever, who should have been in the hospital, died, needlessly died for lack of care because the, the, those in charge didn't give a shit. And they supposedly checked on him numerous times. He, what, did, why were they checking on him? They should have, he should have been in the hospital. 
but he was in a he was quarantined. This is what this is where they put the those migrants who are sick. They quarantine them, but they don't give them medical attention, and they left him alone. And in their logs, it said every two hours they were supposed to check on him, but he was dead. They're checking on him. This kid. Let me see. It's unbelievable. And what's going to happen? This happened months ago, too. Wait, migrant. He died of the flu. I had, And I think he had 103 fever. I, I had the flu last year. I had 104 fever. There is, and I was really sick. I can't even imagine this poor kid alone in a cell, scared, with it being, being um, held by people that you know doesn't give a shit they they don't give a shit about you while you're sick and scared in a in a country that you that who I don't know how he the whole story of how he got here but yearning to breathe free comes here to be treated like garbage to something to something that you just throw away that's how you treat a child this is how they would treat any you don't treat any children like this or human beings but that kind of level of inhumanity, this because they don't consider people human beings. You don't treat people like this if you consider them human beings. When you have a 16-year-old with 103 fever and you, you don't put him in a cold cell by himself with, a, with another kid who's sick. And you, they don't even, if they, there, there is a debate whether they checked on him at all, because it says in the log that they checked on him. Did they check on him? Did they just look in and see? Because he was laying by the toilet he, and hadn't moved for hours. Why would, that's a little bit unusual. They should have walked in and checked on him if they actually checked on him. Or did they just write off? Oh yeah, we checked on him at two. We checked on him on, at four. Because they don't give a shit. Why get up? Who cares? There's a there's a kid with a hundred and three fever. Whatever. It's just a it's just a brown person. It's not a human. He's not white. He's not a Trump NZ. He doesn't have a Make America Great Again hat. He's he's just someone who wants freedom that we take for granted. That by accident of birth we were born here. You know, good for them. They weren't born on the other side of the border. And there is, uh, it's, he's not coming here illegally. That's the other thing. Migrants have a legal right to present themselves at the border and get a date in court. That's the process. It's not, so whenever a Republican says, oh, we are all for legal immigration, that's legal immigration. But Republicans like to put up roadblocks for people. Because, you know, we got a bunch of Nazis running this country right now. And I'm, that's not even being hyperbolic. Stephen Miller is a Nazi. Of course he's a Nazi. You know, does he have to wear an armband to be a Nazi? Oh, he, he's Jewish, so we, he's not a Nazi? Bullshit. You could be a Nazi. There were Nazi Jews. And there are, still are. He, it's, talk about having a, you know, I mean, give me, calling Dr. Freud over here. Somebody who's a Nazi Jew, clearly he's out of touch with himself. He hates himself on some level. He hates all human beings because he hates himself. 
He, instead of getting the help that he so desperately needs, he is inflicting his manias on the world. And that's why I say Republicans are sick. If only they would get help. Instead of inflicting their, their sickness on the world, we, the world will be a much better place. You're, if, how do you write? I mean, did you read those emails with, with, of Stephen Miller talking about uh, uh, it's all about his racist ass manias? Not a single email had any inch, uh, a, a, an iota, a whiff of compassion in it. The same compassion. Could you imagine what if his family, when they came to the United States, met a person like Stephen Miller? They wouldn't even be here. So Carlos Hernandez Vasquez, a 16-year-old Guatemalan migrant, was seriously ill when immigration agents put him in a small South Texas holding cell with another sick boy on the afternoon of May 19th. A few hours earlier, a nurse practitioner at the Border Patrol's dangerously overcrowded processing center in McAllen had diagnosed him with the flu and measured his fever at 103 degrees. She said that he should be checked in uh, uh, should be checked in again at a, at a, at t- in two hours and taken to the emergency room if his condition worsened. None of that happened. Worried that Carlos might infect other migrants, the teaming at the teaming McAllen facility, officials moved him into a cell for quarantine at the Border Patrol station. The next morning, he was dead. And there's a video of this poor child writhing on the floor, going to the door. We couldn't, you can't see him. Because the camera's pointing, uh, he's, he must be standing under the camera, but he was probably standing at the door calling for help. And he was ignored. Then he collapsed. And a few minutes later, he gets up, he goes to the toilet area, he, he, and he collapses again and dies and, does st- and stops moving. A child, a 16-year-old child who wanted, who wanted to be an American. We should... We, that, we should fault him for that? He wants to be an American? He should be dead? This is somebody, this is why I think the, the, these Republicans, I mean, there's so many reasons why they suck, but that they, they, de, they denigrate this country, they devalue this country. We want those kind of people here. We want people who want to be here. What a different world, what a different country this would be to if if we had a had, if we were evolved enough if we had people in charge who were evolved and said welcome welcome to your new home you made it we're so glad you're here what kind of a person would that be for this country that's somebody who would love this country and isn't that what we want to promote in the world? Aren't we all the ambassadors of what it means to be an American? Instead of when you travel overseas, instead of having to tell everybody you're a Canadian, you can actually say, I'm an American. And they say, oh, congratulations. Lucky you. Not anymore. Why is that? Is it because we're so great? No, it's because it's, a, it's ridiculous over here. We're vile. We are, we are missing the mark as far as uh, uh, coming anywhere near the promises in our founding documents. That's to put it mildly. It's be- our foreign policy is nothing but uh, a litany of corporate aggression. It's not, for, it's not about making the world safe for democracy. 
We can't even make our we can't even make America safe for democracy. And that's uh, the truth. The Republicans are actively dismantling democracy. And they don't even give a shit. They're, it's not even uh, it's not even a secret anymore. They don't even feel the need to hide it. Because for years, Republicans had to give they had to give lip service to their love of democracy. Now they're the, it's the, the, they're just letting their freak flag fly. For instance, I'm looking at the time. I can't believe it's already 7.30? How did that happen? I thought we just got back from the break. Am I in a, am I in a time warp or something? What the hell? It's so weird. I feel like, was I abducted, abducted by aliens and I lost track of time? Because how is this time flying by so fast? So, all right. Um, this week, you know what happened? Um, this is the other thing I wanted to talk about as far as Republicans hating democracy. They, and I'll get back to Pete Buttigieg if we have time, because he sucks. <laughs> I mean, he needs, he needs to, to be, he needs to go. And so does Amy Klobuchar, okay? Is this necessary? Amy effing Klobuchar? Why is she still in the Democratic primary and Kamala Harris isn't? Amy Klobuchar? How many... How many right-wing Democrats can one person take in a lifetime? All right, Junior. Look at him. <laughs> Did you see him trying to knock that microphone away? I mean, really. So, so this week, the Republicans voted against the Voting Rights Act. Okay, here we go. Uh, over the years... The 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 voting rights the renewal of the Voting Rights Act has has been there's been no debate it's been bipartisan it's almost it been a standard generic vote that everybody takes that even Republicans can say to their constituents that they're not the racist assholes that we know them to be truly in their hearts. Look, hey, look, I voted for the Voting Rights Act. It's always been a unanimous. So, but not now. So when 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 John Roberts and the right-wing Supreme Court that has no business being the Supreme Court for not for many reasons including the fact that George Bush received fewer votes and shouldn't be appointing any Supreme Court justices, not much and then into the future, of course, Trump, Twitler, receiving fewer votes. There is no way. You see what I'm saying? This country is not a right-wing country. It has been inflicted upon us by anti-democratic, far, like autocrat, dictator-envying assholes, greed-centered ghouls, ghosts of the Gilded Age. So when the right-wing Supreme Court overturned a part of the Voting Rights Act, that required the the filthy racists that we spoke about in the, the southern states that we spoke about in the weekday edition of the show. Partly, we we brought up the uh, the the terrorism, the decades of terrorism that in, that that black Americans were were uh, subjected to, and and white Americans too. I mean, it's not. Not everybody's a, a right-wing asshole, but when you're terrorizing popu the population, everyone is terrorized. We're all terrorized. It's a wounded country. 
even the ones doing the terrorism. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's when you're there's that whole I don't know who said it, but the person holding the chain is also in chains. He's that person is also in bondage. So, but that's like that's way over the heads of the right wing. But so when John Roberts wrote in his his whatever the hell uh, in the the Supreme Court dictated that there is no more racism anymore. So we don't need this Voting Rights Act, Pisha. Do away with it uh, because we had a black president. That's what it, that, I think. That's what he was saying. That racism is over. Look at Barack Obama. You see what I'm saying? And no harm, no foul. R- racism is over in this country. So one of the the stipulations in the Voting Rights Act is these racist ass, uh, backwards ass co- uh, counties and. Uh, southern states they couldn't just change their voting rules willy-nilly to target black people uh, because that's what they were doing and if they wanted to change the rules they had to get pre-clearance for it they had to go it had to go through a process a federal review because you know it's like babies you know what i mean you can't you don't want to you want to review with their work it's okay it's like a toddler uh, who does homework you got to review it before you pass it on to the teacher. You know what I mean? You make sure everything's correct. And, I mean, no offense to toddlers. They they grow up. These racist assholes, they never seem to evolve. They stay the same, and that's their, that's their birthright. That's what they think. Anyway, so they, and John Roberts said that racism is over. So, you know what? If uh, you want to fix that, the the Congress should do something about it. It shouldn't be in the Voting Rights Act. So this white asshole gets to, after decades and decades, uh, a- after the Voting Rights Act, uh, of all the work that were done that was done to have the Voting Rights Act, this this idiot comes along and says, "Oh, it's over." But if you want to do, if racism is over, I'm taking this part out. And if you want to do something about it, go and uh, and lobby your representatives, and they should change the laws. And that's exactly what people did. So the Congress this week voted to reinstate federal oversight of state election law, and what? Uh, and basically, you this was usually the the reinst the the what do you call it? Um, the reauthorization of the Voting Rights Act in general was always a party line, 100% party line vote. This week, every single Republican except one voted against it. Think about that. They voted against the Voting Rights Act, these, these scumbags, right-wingers, conservatives, because they don't care anymore. They don't even have to pretend you see what I'm saying? No more. Uh, I mean, they, it's Trump, baby. This is Twiddler's world. They, uh, it's out of the closet. The freak flag is flying. We have a Nazi in the Oval Office. We have David Duke tweeting "Good job" to Twitler, to our to our so-called president. Could you imagine in any other time if a if a Nazi, if the Grand Wizard of the KKK was like, "At a boy." That they were, don't you think the Republicans at at that time they would want to distance themselves from that from that toxic, disgusting, toxic stew, 
but not these Republicans. They because they have there's no bar. They don't care anymore. They are completely bought and sold. They understand that this country is bought and sold by oligarchs and they're not they don't care. They don't have to pander to black people anymore. They all they, they need is a couple of black people behind Trump when he gives a speech at a Nuremberg rally to hold a sign and say blacks for Trumps for Trump. That's all. Who cares? And then when they are asked, oh, who's your favorite? Remember that? That was the, that was one of my favorite things during one of the Republican debates. Who is your favorite female American? Who? And they all said, oh, half of them said Margaret Thatcher. Remember that? These filthy Republicans. And then they one of them said it was uh, Rosa Parks. And then they all followed suit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like her. Rosa Parks. That one. That one. As meanwhile... Here in reality, these are the people that would have beaten Rosa Parks to submission. They would be the they would be the bus driver. In the story of Rosa Parks, they're the bus driver that said, Rosa Parks, get the back of the bucks, bitch. That's who the Republicans are. They would be like, rule of law, rule of law. Oh no, we want Rosa Parks to sit on the bus wherever she wants to sit, but she should just do, do go through it legally. Why should she challenge the laws? She should do it legally, right? That's the what. That's their argument. So, but this week they don't. It's not. It's out of the bag, baby. It's uh. It this is it. They don't care. They are the party of old white men. And if you're a black person in the Republican Party, I mean, please get the help you so desperately need. Before it's too late. It, what a what a waste of a life to live your life in a in a group of people that hate your guts and to vote for your own demise again and again. And I don't want to hear this shit. Fiscal. I'm a fiscal. I like the tax cuts. Are you a billionaire? But and even if that's the case, if you're that's your excuse for everything else. For the vile racism, for the division, for the assaults on the climate, the environment, for animals, human beings, and anything that has to live and share the same air with these idiots. So, uh, but it's all about your fiscal. Fiscal, my up my ass, baby. Fiscal. Are you serious? Fiscal. Republicans hate fiscal. They like what they like is leaving future generations with the bill. They like rapacious. They're not fiscal. They're rapacious. Fiscal. I'm a fiscal conservative. Because I like tax cuts for the for the 1%? Are you that much of a stupid idiot? Yeah, but I, I like tax cuts, but I I don't want to have a planet Earth to spend it on. I just like watching my bank accounts grow another zero while the while the earth burns fiscal if you were fiscal you would understand that the 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 damage that we're all going to have to pay for because of these morons and these these fascist ghosts of the gilded age that, that we're going to be paying for that for uh, for generations if we're lucky enough to have future generations you know the native americans that's one of the one of the um you know the founders when the founders were coming up with the with the system of government they looked to the native americans to the iroquois confederation 
And in the Iroquois Confederation, they, those, in fact, well, they, they were matriarchal. And on the women, even, even though the men were chiefs, there was the women who appointed the chiefs. And they had to consider whatever move, whatever, um, you know, not small decisions, but the decisions that they made would had to consider the, the effect on the seventh generation in, into the future. We don't even consider next week, next Tuesday. We'll, we'll forget about it. Tuesday. Not even next Tuesday. It's, I got my fiscal. I, I can't vote. I can't, um, it doesn't matter. I don't care how many people die for lack of health care. I, I need my fiscal. So, okay, in the New York Times, they wrote about the House, House passes the voting rights bill despite near unanimous Republican opposition. The legislation restores the core of the Voting Rights Act, the landmark civil rights statute, to guard against racial discrimination in elections. Well, you know, racism is over. Right? I mean, pay no attention to the uh, tiki torch marshes, but, you know, racism's over here. And the the heritage, right? The heritage of the civil, uh, what do you call it? The Civil War battle flag? The, uh, well, not the Civil War battle flag. The Southern battle flag. The stupid, the flag, the Confederate flag of losers and traitors, as I want, as I call it, and as it should be called. But here, so uh, anyway, I wanted to bring that up. That's, we don't need to go into that whole article because we only have a few minutes left. But there you go. Republicans yet again hating, hating democracy, hating the country, and being racist assholes. What, I mean, why would you vote against that? You know it's going to pass. Why would you vote against that? Because that, you know why? The other reason is why you are now in an overtly racist party and your base are nothing but racists. You see what I'm saying? They're not trying to pander to the to normal people. And, uh, someone who is a Republican but is slightly normal. They're not even trying to pander to that person anymore. They're outright reaching out to the racists, the overt, disgusting racists like the David Duke types and the Tiki Torch idiots who march around saying Jews will not replace us, except for Stephen Miller. He, he can replace us whenever he wants. It's, it's unbelievable where we're living. And that anyone, that in any of the conversations on the corporate media that we hear, that there's any, anybody on there that says, oh, gee, maybe I'll vote for Trump. I don't know. Why are they even legitimately having a conversation uh, and legitimizing him? You know what I mean? It's, this is ridiculous. He's, a, he's an overt racist, and it, this is a party of overt racists. It has to be, that has to be right out in the open. Who is voting for, for these idiots? If only they were just idiots, though. They're just, but they're dangerous autocrats and racists in a diverse country of 320 million diverse people. Not everybody's a white person. I mean, but they, they would love to, to have the, um, a, an apartheid-type system. Most definitely. 
That's for sure. Because that, and it's also they don't understand how how gross that is to as far as being a human being. What kind of a world? How, what kind of a a low world do they create for for humans? I mean, it's really you know to limit ourselves as a as a people to just having you know some white asshole in charge by the mere fact that they were born with lighter pigment like that's um that limits us all as a as a species but they you know what do they care they they gotta have more zeros on their bank account regardless of whatever happens so excuse me which is why, in in light of that, in light of these filthy Nazis, I mean, we're this country is being overrun by Nazis. The other thing I wanted to talk about, there's other things, and I was going to say, like, Pete Buttigieg, let me just say it. I don't like him. <laughs> I wish he would go. Him and Klobuchar and Biden, good night, have a nice life. But they're the corporate darlings. And and in a, in a, in a country where the conservatives with the republican party is now a an overt fascist racist party someone we we have to really watch for the that the corporate media's tendency now they're trying to inflict a right wing a republican with a d after its name after his name um on us as the only choice as this is what it means to be a Democrat. No, I'm sorry. Being a Democrat uh, means being someone who is for living wages and universal health care, universal higher education, FDR-style politics, New Deal, leaving no one behind. But Pete Buttigieg and these these corporate kiss-ups are not the solution. And... We're all over the corporate media. They're they're just peddling. I mean, I don't understand. They have adopted Pete Buttigieg like he's their pet because he is. He is peddling Republican talking points. So last week we were talking about Pete Buttigieg going off about how he just his whole talking point on uh, on Medicare for all and and higher edu- and universal higher education. How I don't want to pay for rich kids to go to college. Meanwhile, we pay for rich kids to go to public school. Rich kids get Social Security. I mean, that kind of frame is bad enough. But then this week he went off talking about the deficit, which this really pissed me off. And I'm I'm really glad that other other outlets picked up on it because a lot of times I'm like I feel like I'm really hypersensitive to it. But I'm glad that I I did see this on on the corporate media. Um, other like Lawrence O'Donnell went after Pete Buttigieg for using a Republican lie to talk about Democrats, and he said that Pete Buttigieg says that he. Well, I'll just play it. Here we go. My party's not known for worrying about deficits and the debt too much, but it's time for us to start getting into that business. Because what we've seen in Washington is that the party that talked a lot about the deficit when they were trying to kill off programs, uh, when it came time for this corporate tax cut, turns out um, they don't care. so annoying. There is a trillion dollar deficit now. And created... My 
let, I mean, we don't need to hear the rest of this. Let's let's just play the beginning. My party's not known for worrying about deficits and the debt too much. What are you talking about? What my party is not known for worrying. No, that's not that is a lie, asshole. And in fact, the only time the debt and the deficit has ever been balanced is when the Democrats are in office. My party is not known for worrying about the deficit. That it's just a bald-faced lie. So later on in the day, when he saw that other people were jumping on the uh, and saying like you're a filthy corporate kiss up kiss kick down liar, he had to come out and defend his comments. But he also put his foot in his mouth again. Yeah, so there are two things to think about. The first is Republican hypocrisy, because uh, I believe every presidency of my lifetime has been an example of, of deficits growing under Republican government and shrinking under Democratic government. But the second is that my party's got to get more comfortable talking about this issue. Shut the fuck up, Pete Buttigieg. My party has—it's not your party, honey. When you're peddling Republican policies, you're not—you're as Democratic as uh, who? I don't know. I mean, you're as democratic as any of as Paul Ryan. You're as democratic as somebody who I mean is is not democratic. You're not a Democrat peddling the same Republican policies and Republican talking points. What is the difference? Except you're more dangerous because you have a D after your name and you're trying to be a Democrat. You because you're gay does not give you uh, it's not your carrying card into being a Democrat. Being a Democrat means being uh, a Democrat and promoting Democratic policies like universal health care, universal higher education, and stop peddling Republican lies. I mean, that's what it is. He's, he, him pushing a Republican lie like that is, is worse, is more dangerous than if a Republican was doing it. We expect it from Republicans. We expect them to lie. But to have some Pete Buttigieg talk about some some faux Democrat, some pretend um, change we can believe in, talking about my party is not good at talking about the deficit? Bullshit, you asshole. But so Liz Gordon, or Goodwin, I mean, from, uh, where is it? She this she is the deputy bureau chief of the Boston Globe. She went on she went off on a series of tweets lambasting him. My party's not known for worrying about the deficit or debt too much. It's time for us to start getting into that. Fuck you, Pete Buttigieg. I mean, he is a danger. And all of his work for that corporate lobby that he was working for, that co- it's sort of like so, um, what did he work for? What's the name of it? It's called McKinsey. It's him with his McKinsey resume. Now he's saying he can't, he can't say he can't say what he worked on with at McKinsey because, and he was there for years. So it's not it's not that it, this is a little bit of his resume. We need to know what he was doing there. It's sort of like him working for McKinsey. And being a Democratic candidate, let's say, if he becomes the can, oh God, help me, would is akin to someone in a Republican having uh, being the Republican nominee working for Planned Parenthood or something. 
You know what I mean? It's the same. But why should he get a pass? Because he's he's the pet. He's the he's the pet, the corporate darling du jour. And he, that's why he's so dangerous. But because McKenzie is is vile. Now, for example, McKenzie, here's an article explaining. It's from a, a website called Lawyers, Guns, and Money blog. Okay, I quickly, this is, this is explaining what McKinsey is. ICE redirected McKinsey towards helping the agency. This is uh, immigration uh, and, uh, you know, the ICE agency. Redirected McKinsey towards helping the agency figure out how to execute the White House's clampdown on illegal immigration. But the money-saving recommendations the consultants came up with made some career ICE workers uncomfortable. They proposed cuts in spending on food for migrants as well as medical care. This this is what they this was their big plan to save money with the with migrants not not legitimately helping I don't know I don't know why I guess they had to save this money because there's so many because Trump has made the immigration sy- system worse and the migration system even worse so they he he's uh, made it a catastrophe as he destroys everything he touches so they hired this firm to come up with ways to cut the cut some costs and the mckinsey came up what they proposed was nothing but inhumane policies don't feed them or maybe feed them i guess uh dog food that's that, or cat food that's cheaper right they proposed cuts in spending on food and medical care and the supervision of detainees so sort of like when uh, that young 16 year old died of the flu who needs to be supervised who needs to supervise someone and check in on them you know they, they get to meet jesus quicker so according to interviews with people who worked on the project for both ice and mckinsey and 1500 pages of documents obtained by the agency after ProPublica filed a lawsuit under the freedom of information act McKinsey's team also looked for ways to accelerate the deportation process, provoking worries among some ICE staff members that the recommendations risked short-circuiting due process protections. Well, I mean, if they get in the way of money, what, who needs due process when you got, you got bucks, baby, to be made off of the backs of the huddled masses yearning to breathe free? How vile, it reminds me of the Nazi documents detailing the final solution. The banality of evil. They, they had a lot of paperwork for the final solution as well. How do, you, how, do you, how do you handle this problem? The Jewish question. Of course, they're not asking, they're not murdering these people outright, as systematically, but to deny them food oh well, let's cut corners by cutting their food and cutting their legal rights which is a an assault on all of our rights i hate to tell you when someone when anyone especially the most vulnerable can lose their legal rights we are all in danger it's not just the migrants if the migrants are oppressed we are all oppressed the consultants, three people who worked on the project said, seemed focused solely on cutting costs and speeding up deportations. Access 
actions whose success could be measured in numbers with little acknowledgement that these pos- these policies affected human beings. Well, there you go. And that's, that's Pete Buttigieg. He worked for that company. So he doesn't want to tell us what he did for that company because, oh, he signed a non-disclosure agreement. Bullshit. Bullshit. He, this guy is the, is a, is really the devil. And, uh, I don't know. I'm saying white devil a lot, but I'm looking at a picture of him right now with a smile across his, he, he is a wolf in sheep's clothing. He reminds me of the coming to my parlor, said the spider to the fly. Of course, he's he's the he's the trappings of change we can believe in. Oh God, here's Tara Jr. again. Hello, that's the change we can believe in, right? He's a gay a gay man. That's all. That's all you get. You don't get universal health care. You don't get higher education. You don't get rights, voting rights. You don't get to have an a uh, an egalitarian country that protects the environment and children and human beings and animals. You don't get to have an upwardly mobile society that leaves no one behind. You get somebody who's got who got gay married. That's it. That's all you can get. That's the change we can believe in. That's the incremental change. We got, we can deserve, we deserve. We don't need real change here. Don't want to wreck the boat or rock the boat, much less wreck it. Like like Obama said, we don't want real uh, radical change like having a functioning society that works for all or being able to go to the doctor when we're sick. Who needs that kind of radical change? We gotta get, we get to have a black person president or a gay person president but you know not really do anything to address the issues that are destroying the grand experiment in liberal democracy will keep having a wider gap between rich and poor the united states will continue to be the least upwardly mobile of all the oecd nations we'll still have medical bankruptcies and children uh you know uh in cages we still will still have um you know, will not be able to the majority of working people won't be able to handle a $400 emergency or if they get laid off or they uh or not just laid off or what if the government closes they'll miss and they miss one paycheck they they'll be in the bread lines in a week but you know that's america for you usa but you'll have uh the outward appearance You'll feel good because you have a gay president who who really doesn't want to rock the boat. We need incremental. It's incremental and fiscal. Anyway, all right, it is time to wrap up the show. I'm really sorry that we didn't get to everything. Every, things got fly by so fast when you're having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed the show, at least enjoy I, I mean i say enjoyed like this enjoyed the the community getting together i enjoy that i don't enjoy what uh this really understanding that we're uh we're in trouble but i do enjoy getting together every saturday evening from six to eight and coming up with ways to fix this shit i mean there's no real i mean you don't have to come up with the ways we know the ways we need we need a new New Deal. We need progressive policies such as a progressive taxation and 
Uh, we need to protect democracy. We need the restoration of the Voting Rights Act. We need the restoration of the estate tax. These, all of these whittled away policies that it's like one policy at a time, poof, poof, goodbye, goodbye, democracy, goodbye, the grand experiment, goodbye, America. So, but what can you do? Well, we'll keep showing up. Thank you for hanging out. I'm trying to find you guys now. Where are you? You disappeared on me. Thank you for all the super chats. Hopefully I'll get back on Twitter soon. Who knows? I know. Who knows and who cares, right? I want to get back on there. And what else? Well, I will try to do a show during the week. Please feel free to contact me on uh, contact at republicandirtytricks.com or wherever else on the Facebook page and, and the YouTube channels. I get your messages, so it really means a lot. And like I always say, we stick together, we win, and we will win. My name is Tara Devlin. We are on the right side of history, the right side of humanity. I will see you soon.